The Beaches are a Toronto alternative rock band formed back in 2013. In just six years, they've opened for the likes of the Foo Fighters and scored several major hits, including T-Shirt. Have a listen. ago the beaches got a phone call asking if they would like to open for this uh, little band uh, perhaps you've heard of them the rolling stones when they play here canada day weekend well that weekend is finally upon us the beaches are jordan kylie leandra and eliza and they join us here on global news radio 640 toronto ladies nice to see you and thanks for coming in hello Hi. thanks for having us uh, and thank you for sharing one mic amongst the uh, four of you i know that's uh, not easy uh first of all uh, you guys have all been together uh, all of what six years is that right I think actually it's more like 10 years now. Six or... years is this formation. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so More yeah. is another formation. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, you get this call, would you like to open for the Rolling Stones? Well, what was the first reaction? Oh, we all freaked out. We lost it. I got the call, and immediately I just kind of threw my phone down. It didn't really give an answer. And then everyone came rushing in. We're like, are you okay? Because we thought <laughs> something bad had happened. Sure. But no, we were really excited. We screamed so loud that I'm pretty sure the band that we were playing with like got nervous. Thought, <laughs> thought, thought we'd like fell. <laughs> okay, so explain this phone call to me. Like, uh, okay, you, you look at your phone, it rings. Like, is the display like uh, the tongue logo comes up? <laughs> I uh, wish. How does this work? No. Is it Mick Jagger on the other end? It was my manager. <laughs> I wish it was way cooler than that. But. Our manager. Yeah, our manager. <laughs> Sorry. It's early still. <laughs> okay, let me ask uh, this then. Uh, so you get this uh, phone call. Do, do you know how you even ended up on the Stones' radar? Uh, it was probably through AEG. Um, they were the promoters for the Glorious Sons tour that we did in December of last winter, and I guess we just impressed them and... When the um, when I guess Mick was given the okay to do the show, they wanted to add some more people, and they called us first, so that was really nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I mean, this was kind of up in the air for a little while because of Mick Jagger, of course, and his well-documented uh, health uh, problems. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen the uh, video of him uh, dancing in the mirror. How great is that? Very cool. <laughs> We're nervous that our moves won't uh, <laughs> won't be like that. Won't be up to par. Yeah. Won't, won't measure up to Mick's. Yeah. Uh, are you getting nervous, speaking of nerves? Because we're only a few days out now. I mean, it's one thing to, to get the phone call and there's that initial excitement. But now that we're just like literally uh, hours out, uh, I don't know, is it kind of sinking in the, the moment? I mean, I think it is sinking in. I think when, once we're actually there at the venue and, you know, getting ready, doing sound check and seeing the where we're going to be playing in the stage and everything, I think that's when it'll sink in. <laughs> when we opened for the Foo Fighters, we didn't, it, it didn't set in until we were sound checking in the Rogers Center. And we were like, this feels real. This is a huge venue. Mm-hmm. This is scary. <laughs> so are you going to kind of look back at that time at Rogers Center with the Foos? And I mean, did you learn anything from that experience that uh, you're going to apply here? Uh, a little bit. I mean, you want to you want to always think of every show as equal and try your best for each show. But there's something about, you know, playing for that amount of people and for playing with such a, a famous and important rock band that sort of makes makes you think of it in a slightly more elevated way and you mm-hmm. want to push yourself even farther than you normally would yeah well actually that's a great question is uh, what is the rolling stones what does it mean to a band like you to the beaches well they're the, the biggest rock band in the world like i don't know of another more important band for 
someone like our age is for especially for you know aspire for rock musicians yeah you know? I, we kind of feel like a lot of our heroes kind of sadly have been passing away and they're one of the true like remaining rock bands who's still playing live so it's really such a thrill for us to be able to play with them because we're trying to be that next generation of rock music for younger people um so playing with our heroes is an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. Such an honor. What well, what was your introduction to the Rolling Stones? So was it your parents did they listen to yeah. to the Stones music and you kind of through osmosis uh, kind of grew up with it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly how. It was always on growing up for me in my house, so it'll be super nostalgic for me to be able to like hear them especially live. That's going to be Amazing. Yeah. So did you guys all phone your parents uh, after you got the oh, word? Yeah. So yeah. The, first, the first thing we did, I was like, Dad, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> and what was Dad's reaction? It was like, okay, you, uh, you've you made it now. I think so, yeah. My yeah. dad's also in a few bands, so I think it was cool for him to see... You know me following in his footsteps. Was he like, uh, "Can you introduce me to Mick? Can I, I meet Mick?" I think so. I yeah. think so. <laughs> yeah, we're getting those calls now. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Do you think? Uh, why do the Rolling Stones? Why do they appeal to your generation? Why have they lasted? Are you able to put your finger on the the reason why they're they're still relevant today and to, to bands uh, like the Beaches? I mean, I can't speak for other people our age. Like, I don't really know what people our age listen to. But I really like the Rolling Stones because they're a great rock band. And to me, the reason why their music stands up is because um, it's all live. It's all them playing their own instruments. There's no computers. Some of the records they, like, recorded in, like, a French house. And you can feel, like, the energy and the, the rawness from their sound. I think they also just have, like, incredible songs. And incredible songs last throughout time mm-hmm. yeah you mentioned uh, you know they they play all their own instruments that uh take us into uh the, the beaches and uh, your recording uh, process is that important uh, to you all as a band absolutely um we're really against playing with any sort of tracks or computers live like we want to create um an experience that is unlike any other each time that we play and you know playing live is really scary and thrilling because something could go wrong but it also you know you could also play the song perfectly and do it better than you even could have recorded it. Um, and if that means I have to play keys, guitar, and cowbell at the same time to avoid tracks, we're going to do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know, when you speak of tracks, uh, a lot of times when you go to a concert these days now, there's that so-called backing track, right? Yeah. Everyone does it. Like mm-hmm. I only know of us and one other band that doesn't use tracks at all. Mm-hmm. And, and do you just feel as if it's... Uh, I don't know, more organic uh, when you do it that way, when you perform on stage? We just think it sounds better. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I just think it's kind of cheap and lazy to rely on, you know, tracks and computers when you could be doing it yourself. Yeah, and isn't that something, I mean, as a music fan, that's something I, I pay to see. Not that I'm paying to see you mess up, but even <laughs> if, the, you know, it's a little off-key here or there, you maybe hit a wrong note, who cares? That's that's of the moment. It's real and human, and yeah. that's yeah. what rock and roll is, right? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if you take away the live music aspect, people are really just paying for the appearance to see, to see that person in real life, and that's not what a concert is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to be able to take in the moment when you're there? I mean, uh, obviously you're all, I mean, your album's the professionals. You guys are professionals uh, <laughs> in that, but I mean, this is pretty historic to be opening for the Rolling Stones. Uh, have you thought about, uh, you know, just taking a second to, to take it all in? I, I typically take that moment, like at the very end of the set, I kind of rip out my headphones really quick to be able to like hear the crowd cheer in real life instead of through the headphones. And I think I'll take, that'll be my 
That'll be the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, how about for the rest of you? I mean, I hope so. I think so. Um, so, you know, we're so rare, rarely given the opportunity to sort of be present in our line of work because we're always on the go, whether we're like touring all the time or given these like crazy gigs where you have so much to do and so many people to see afterwards. It's really cool, like Eliza just put it, just to take a minute on stage, look around and sort of recognize what, what's going on. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. I don't, I don't think I really took it in at the Foo Fighters. I was so scared. Um, it was such a big room. And I've been trying to think of how I can let the Stones uh, atmosphere there sit in. I feel like we just have to stand on stage and look at at probably the biggest crowd we're going to be in front of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you play to a crowd, by the way, uh, that big? Uh, is, is it a case of you just got to pretend it's a smaller room to try to make it intimate? Or? Well, I think we always try to have the most fun we can on stage, and that typically comes across. But this one's a little different uh, because for the first time, we um, can use the runway and we have wireless guitars. So I think the girls are going to be able to run down and interact with the crowd more and get like right up in there, which is really cool for the first time we can do that. Yeah, and as for working with the audience, they don't want to see you fail. Like, they want to see you succeed and they want to have like a really fun time and they want to have their experience elevated. So like, I guess you just sort of want to make sure they're having a good time. You yeah. play to them. Does it help that it's kind of a home game uh, for all of you? Because I've read about the opening for the Rolling Stones. It either goes really great or people are like, just get the Stones out here uh, oh, yeah, already. I heard that too. Yeah. I haven't heard that. I'm scared. <laughs> in, the, in like Anthony Kiedis' book, he said it was kind of a rough time. Oh, no. Um, but, but I think because it is sort of... The, the way that the concert's set up, it's like a Canada Day yeah. festival. Like, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of fans there. Obviously, they're mainly there to see the Stones, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of overlap for, you know, Sloan fans and Gloria Suns fans and hopefully Beaches fans, too. Absolutely, and fans of Canadian music yeah. and uh, Canadian rock. Uh, we can hardly wait. Uh, I think, uh, hopefully, I'm speaking for everybody there to embrace our own. And by the way, when you talk about mementos, make sure you take some... Isn't it great that you've got a poster with the Rolling Stones and your name on it as well? Yeah, we'll be yeah. stealing that from the concert. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I keep everything. I'm a hoarder. <laughs> All right. The uh, Beach is joining us uh, here in studio. Ladies, congratulations on everything and having a killer set uh, out there uh, Canada Day weekend. Thank you so much uh, Thank for coming you by. So Thank you so much. Thank you for having us.